This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is Cam Corals, CEO of the National Potato Council and co-chair of the Specialty Crop Farm Bill Alliance. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. Crop insurance, the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with the Potato Council's Cam Corals next. Today's Open Mic segment is brought to you by America's Crop Insurance Industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net, providing individualized protection on more than 490 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. The Specialty Crop Farm Bill Alliance has come to a resolution of their hopes for the 23 Farm Bill. Alliance co-chair Cam Quarles says specialty crops represent 50% of the farm gate's value of crops produced in the U.S., but only a small percentage of funds support their producers. Coral says the alliance is making a difference on Capitol Hill. This is going to be the fourth farm bill where we have wrapped our arms around the specialty crop industry as the Farm Bill Alliance and focused on a set of priorities that are unified across all of these groups. It took about a year to get there, Jeff. Uh, this process started very early in January of 2022, and we finalized our recommendations uh, at the beginning of February in 2023. So trying to round up the priorities of 300 different commodities, some some grown in the ground, some grown on trees, and all, all, all things in between. It's, been, it, it's always a challenge. It was a bigger challenge this year, but we got there, and we think it's a, a very robust set of recommendations that will enable this industry to be competitive uh, certainly for the life of this coming farm bill and hopefully well on into the future beyond that. Real crop producers have been quick to point out that it costs a lot more to plant crops today. Uh, nearly every facet of the business has seen an incredible price appreciation. Is that the same story with the specialty crop industry? Uh, absolutely. You're, you're talking about uh, high-value commodities, but also highly expensive to produce them. Uh, inputs that are so fundamental to our our commodities, uh, from fertilizer, uh, pesticides, water, uh, labor, all of those things, all of those fundamental pieces of, of delivering fruits and vegetables uh, to folks' kitchen tables, all of those are up significantly across the board. And then certainly once we finally produce them and to get them harvested the shipping costs uh, have been a real challenge since covid struck you're talking about highly highly perishable commodities they they have to be refrigerated almost uh to to every single commodity has got to be dealing with some type of refrigerated transport that has been very very challenging in a a, uh, post-covid environment the row crop producers would say that crop insurance is the number one priority for them and risk management going into the 23 Farm Bill. How does crop insurance, how has it performed for specialty crop producers, and 
What are the things, perhaps, that you would look for in improvement? Yeah, Jeff, it's it's a mixed bag. I think if you go across all of these, and I'm I'm wearing my Specialty Crop Farm Bill Alliance hat at this moment. I think if you're talking to uh, certain producers in the tree crop industry, um, they may have products that serve them fairly well. Uh, other folks. Um, who are planting on uh, an annual basis, um, they may be more challenged. And, and in, a, in a number of different cases for specialty crops, there simply are not products available. In, in the areas where there are products, there are challenges in terms of cost, in terms of accessibility, payout. Uh, those are all things that we want to work on. But a huge number of our colleagues just simply have no product to avail themselves of. So the, the long answer to your question is the, the specialty crop industry is, is increasingly focused on getting crop insurance right for those commodities that deem it appropriate, and we want to devote substantial energy to that uh, in this coming farm bill. And I think that's going to be a theme going forward beyond this farm bill. With regard to the 23 farm bill, the big issue is going to be how much money will be available. And, of course, a new CBO score may have a lot to do with that and certainly a lot to do with that, the outcome of the debt ceiling uh, discussion between uh, the speaker and uh, the president. But with regard to the farm bill, uh, American Farm Bureau, uh, their delegates for the first time said we need to spend more money in this farm bill while a number of uh, leaders in Washington have said don't count on having more dollars. What appeal can you make for agriculture, for potatoes, for the specialty crop, for the industry overall, that this may be worth the investment regardless of the financial challenge? Well, when you look at the the farm bill overall, uh, specialty crops are effectively still, even though we've had these tremendous advantages advances over the the last 20 years we're still largely a rounding error in the larger in the larger bill um but i think more broadly than that uh for all of us agriculture the value that is provided to our entire country and consumers not only in the united states but around the world because of this very solid farm policy we we respect that there may be budgetary challenges but I don't think we as advocates for these amazing growers across the United States uh, need, need to be backing down from uh, identifying fundamental priorities in research, trade, nutrition, uh, pest and disease exclusions, all of these priorities. I don't think we serve Congress very well in abbreviating our asks because we're we're hearing all of this negative talk about where the budget is going to be. These are truly investments that move the country forward. And when you don't make them, that there's a cost associated with that, which I think is vastly more than the money that, that Congress would deliver under a farm bill. Well, stealing the phrase from uh, former Senator Pat Roberts, some might suggest that the chance of immigration reform is somewhere between slim and none in the 118th. But at the same time, it, it seems to be a common theme among agriculture industry that adequate workers uh, is a very important issue. Uh, is that on your agenda, and do you think you can sway leadership to consider this? It absolutely is on our agenda, and uh, for the potato industry, uh, that is one of our highest priorities. 
uh, and also for specialty crops, fruit and vegetable uh, is the vast, vast, vast majority of the fruit and vegetable industry. Uh, mechanized harvesting is not here yet for us. And we have to depend upon that workforce, either the H-2A program or the migrant workforce. Those are the folks who are making these farms run today. When you look at these explosive increases, for folks who are able to access the H-2A program, the, the sole legal guest worker program for American agriculture, uh, the that program, as you know, has a mandatory minimum wage that is set by the Department of Labor every year, and it is it, those folks are suffering explosive increases in that in that wage rate. The Farm Workforce Modernization Act, which was passed by the House in the last two sessions of Congress, that legislation would have frozen those explosive increases in the A work. Uh, it also would have solved a number of other problems. Was it a perfect bill? No, but American agriculture, the status quo is making us increasingly uncompetitive with every day that goes by. And we recognize the larger politics of this, but we believe that having a more secure agricultural workforce and a more competitive workforce overall is a very good thing for the U.S. economy, and it's something on a bipartisan basis folks should be able to support. The common sense of it, uh, it, it, it merits uh, that piece of legislation, any type of reform that looked like the uh, look like what has been proposed by the agriculture community, it is well worth the time and effort of getting that to the president's desk. It's also a common theme suggesting that this agriculture today has the responsibility not only to provide food, fiber, and fuel for the nation, but also to be preparing for a larger global population. I've heard from several groups that suggest that their ability to produce and even land fallowed or shifting to other crops because of a lack of an adequate labor force. Is that still true today? I think that's absolutely true today. Uh, the, 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 the challenges are simply growing with every, every single day. Uh, one of our, our former colleagues said, look, um, you are going to have uh, foreign hands harvesting these commodities. The question is geography. Are they going to harvest these valuable uh, fruits and vegetables in the United States, or are we going to allow those otherwise tremendously competitive farms to go out of business and send them south, send them overseas, allow China to take over that business, Mexico, other places? It, th- given all of the the advantages that the United States has in terms of agricultural production, allowing that incredibly valuable industry to be effectively offshored is a huge unforced error when Congress has the ability to solve this. The the solution has not changed that much in 20 years. It's the political will is what's, what's weakened. I note that your Farm Bill proposals include uh, an effort toward healthy Americans. What are ways that there could be improvement of getting fruits and vegetables to the hungry of the country? Well, our, we're, we're very excited about some of the recommendations that have been made around fruits and vegetables. This whole concept of food as medicine, 
uh, changing folks' diets in a more healthy way, more, more nutritious way, as a way of getting in front of some of these more challenging health outcomes when when people don't have access to these tremendous uh, commodities. Uh, on the uh, kind of from a parochial point of view, on the on the potato side of the house, potatoes are the most widely produced vegetable in the United States, also one of the most cost-effective because they're so flexible. You can do so many things with them. Uh, when you think about creating a school breakfast uh, for children, uh, if you want to put vegetables on the plate, potatoes are going to be your go-to vegetable. Uh, unfortunately, some in the activist community, I think it's something similar to some of our colleagues are seeing, um, they want to place limits on potato access in these nutrition programs. That is exactly counterproductive productive to the question that you posed is how do we make people healthier, uh, make these, these school f- programs, these nutrition programs more flexible, and certainly from Congress's point of view, how, how, do, you, how do you balance the demands of all of these incredibly expensive proposals well, the first thing you do, do not take the most cost-effective vegetable off of the options for, for school food administrators and all of these federal feeding programs. Early this year, House Agriculture Committee Chairman Glenn G.T. Thompson said uh, that research was one of the top items that he was looking for with regard to a 23 farm bill. Uh, what about research investment for specialty crops? One of the, as we were talking earlier, when we got together as the Specialty Crop Farm Bill Alliance, one of the first programs that we put together was called the Specialty Crop Research Initiative. That that program has been running for almost two decades now and uh, has delivered major advances for us in the potato industry in terms of soil health, uh, new varieties that are uh, are less impactful on the environment, can thrive in uh, thrive in different places. Um, it's that 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 cutting edge research, that high risk, high reward type of research, things that largely can't be done by by the private sector. We really need that federal partner. Um, that research, uh, that program, and that focus in the farm bill is probably one of the the largest priorities when you look out twenty, thirty years in the future. Is it? Is it going to solve a problem in the next six months? No. Uh, but when you think about the competitiveness of American agriculture two, three decades in the future, research is going to deliver that. A number of agriculture groups have been frustrated with the Biden administration for not being more aggressive on seeking new trade deals and market access uh, for U.S.-produced crops and livestock. I'll narrow that down and see what you might comment about USMCA. There's an issue with uh, Mexico and and non-GM corn. There's an issue with Canada over dairy policy that they both had previously agreed to. What issues might you still have with USMCA? Because uh, while Mexico is a neighbor, they are a strong competitor. What, what's the old poem? Uh, good fences make good neighbors. I think good trade agreements make good trading partners. And, uh, we fully respect, uh, what's, what's going on in regard to the use of enforcement measures. And you brought up USMCA. 
we have to have everyone. It's not enough to sign a trade agreement. You've got to play by the rules. And as you remember, we had a very um, uh, one of the longest trade disputes in USDA history involved uh, U.S. fresh potatoes being unable to access the Mexican market in violation of a variety of different trade agreements. The, we, we fortunately have had that access provided to us in the last year. But if for some reason that door is unfairly slammed shut on us again, we're going to need USMCA standing behind us, the enforcement authorities of USMCA, to make sure that we have the rightful access that we need. It's, it's some of our colleagues are going to avail themselves of those enforcement authorities, and we want to make sure that they're there, they're meaningful, and so they keep governments uh, maintaining their obligations that they signed in those agreements rather than playing games and trying to, trying to get around the rules. A number of farm groups have also asked for a boost in spending for the market access program and for the foreign market development uh, portions of USDA, MAP and FMD. Uh, does the specialty crop industry, do potatoes benefit from those two programs, or are there other programs that should be funded or could be funded that would give you better opportunities? The short answer is absolutely. MAP is fundamental to the things where we're uh, National Potato Council is not the beneficiary of the MAP funding. It's actually actually our sister organization, which is a research and promotion order, the U.S. Potato Board called Potatoes USA. Uh, they are the cooperator. They access those MAP funds and do fantastic things in foreign markets around the world. Uh, MAP is key to, once those trade agreements open a door, MAP is what helps you walk through it, uh, and FMD and the other programs in the trade title. One of the ones, it's a smaller one, and this is very, very uh, narrowly focused on the, on the specialty crop industry, but it's another one of those programs I mentioned that came up after the Farm Bill Alliance was created. It's called Technical Assistance for Specialty Crops. That program, without it, we could never have gotten into Mexico and resolved that trade dispute I mentioned earlier. It would have been utterly impossible for us to fight the legal and regulatory battle that had confounded this industry for well over two decades. Task was so important in that, and it will be again for other commodities that are facing similar barriers in valuable foreign markets in the future. It seems that litigation and the court of public opinion is having a greater influence on the pesticides that are available uh, for producers to protect their crops from weeds and from pests. Is this a challenge? And what do you hope for from Washington? Well, a- absolutely. We have to have access to these pesticides. We have to have access to a rules-based, science-based system of regulating pesticides, ensuring they're safe, um, both for consumers as well as the people who are applying them and then also for the for the commodities themselves all of those boxes have to be checked the way you check them is through a defined science-based process it's not through activist emotion and too much uh we're, we're hearing an increasing volume of activist emotion uh that is the it seems the common thread is Pesticides need to be wiped out across the board uh, as tools for U.S. agriculture. That is utterly folly. 
Um, the, we wouldn't apply that same standard to protecting our own bodies from, from diseases that may attack us. And uh, those, there are a variety of different uh, pests and diseases that are trying to kill our valuable, very healthy agricultural commodities. We've got to have the tools to push back against those threats. Well, Cam Quarles, I know that you uh, certainly a busy week with uh, your representatives uh, spending time in Washington over this past week, and we certainly thank you for taking an opportunity and from a very busy schedule to discuss the issues of the potato industry and certainly the Specialty Crop Alliance. Uh, Cam, this is open mic, and today, sir, you have the last word. Well, thanks, Jeff. It's a great opportunity, and I think my um, my overall comment is uh, you know, this: this goes for potatoes where we're the most widely produced vegetable in the united states we all need to be aligned within our industry on key priorities and i think that expands out to the specialty crop farm bill alliance and really agriculture uh in in general all of these durable victories that we're going to get that make our sector competitive well into the future all come from teams of uh of uh folks who all want to work together towards a common goal. And when we do that efficiently, um, with some great champions up on Capitol Hill, it's amazing what can get done. Um, so uh, the, uh, I, I think there is vastly more for agriculture overall uh, to be unified on and recognize we've got a lot of competitive threats that often are coming from overseas, from foreign markets. And, uh, uh, when when we're all aligned, we can get terrific things done for this economy. As our as our economic uh, analysis that we've just put out states, uh, the value is really there for not just for potato growers and not just for agriculture, but for the American consumer, the entire American economy. Um, so I think it's well worth the effort for us all to to collaborate and be unified on a bunch of priorities that we really should be proud of. It makes the United States the, the uh, really the leader in the world on, uh, on agricultural policy. Our thanks to Cam Corals, CEO of the National Potato Council and co-chair of the Specialty Crop Farm Bill Alliance. Our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. Crop insurance, the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Dowling.